starting now? Yep. All right, cool. Bum Podcast. Bum Podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. All right. So today we have a guest. Yes. Yeah, and we was talking about we was going to have some guests from time to time. So today we got a guest, and I'm going to set this guest up. We did up. talk about that. Damn. We did talk about it, yeah, recently. We talked about it in our, our anniversary. That was like two weeks ago. So we're doing, uh, two, we're so doing good. good. We're doing good. Yeah, yeah. we got to a good start. Starting off right. Yeah. So um, we talked about having um, guests, and so I'm a, I'm a, I told my guests we're going to throw him a softball lob, but I'm going to introduce him. And so I'm going to introduce him by saying we've actually talked about him before, and we talked about him recently. Um, I was telling a story about T, or maybe you know what this podcast oh. might not even made the street, man, might not even made the light of day. But anyway, I, oh, I, we, I, yeah. yeah, but I, I mentioned before about how T started playing the piano, and there was this couple that gave us a wooden piano, and and we think they gave it to us so that um, T could get on our nerves with it. But actually, it was a thing that started T on his musical journey. So y'all get to hear from, um, I guess, one of the visionaries behind T's musical prowess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but the other thing is the um, person that's visiting with us today, his name is Troy Brown. No relation. But interestingly enough, I think, um, Troy, would you think it'd be fair to say we grew up together? We grew up around each other? We grew up together. We grew up together. All right. We grew up together. All right. So Troy and I grew up together. And um, I mean, we, 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 we were cool growing up, but we became greater friends, I guess, as we got grown. And it just so happens that um, Troy's wife and my wife are best friends. And so that that's one connection we have. Both Troy and I play golf. Though Troy didn't want to play golf at first. I still remember that. Remember too. Yeah. <laughs> he drug me into it. Yeah, I drug me into it. Don't forget about the album we made. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, Troy and I made an album growing up, man. We was in uh-huh. middle school, man. For real. We yeah. did. The Wonderful Dish. We did. We made an album <laughs> together. So that was kind of hot. Yo, you I don't th- I don't think it's on iTunes, man, but we got a copy of it. So, you know, I can mm. show it to you. Um, but we made an album called The Wonderful Dish. And um, yeah, and so uh, Troy and I, we, we've grown closer through the years. Um, my golf buddy, we, we, we vacation together, we golf together. Um, and we just so happen to both have sons. And so we're able to actually even have conversations about sons and raising sons. And it's interesting enough as we were trying to think about, you know, a podcast that we could have and how we could actually capitalize on this opportunity where Troy would be in studio. And um, I'm going to take it back to, um, we talk about the Get Out Day often and and the book about T's life. And I can remember back at the beginning of the pandemic where um, I was actually on my way to pick T up. I was on my way to pick you up and I was talking to Troy on the phone. And we were talking about the, the prospect of you coming home for an extended period of time because of COVID. And Troy was 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 trying to give me some good advice. And, you know, basically he was saying that um, it was probably a good thing because, you know, I was adamant about the fact that you were gone, you were gone. Right. And he was saying, no, nah, I think you need to let him come home and, and, and recalibrate and, and, and launch back out. And I think it kind of softened the blow or softened the experience or softened my expectation. Because when I came to pick you up from Hampton, we didn't know at the time that it would be a year before you'd be going back to school or even almost a year and a half before you would even go back to school. And so um, it, it, it kind of it kind of softened my expectations as far as that was concerned. And it, it kind of made the transition smooth. So I want to be able to capitalize on the opportunity to talk to Troy, um, talk to you about strong fathers, because I feel like both Troy and I are strong fathers and then how we raise strong sons, because knowing that you're a strong son. And so, um, yeah, that's that's how I want to launch into it. And so I'm going to let Troy talk about him, himself for a brief minute and 
talk about, you know, that the whole role of fatherhood, even talk about the role he plays in your life, my life, and then we let you jump. All right. Right. A little podcast land. I think the conversation we had, it generated, again, because I, I have two boys myself, and I actually had a, I guess I got the experience, especially with my oldest, and I've always, always told Clarence, you reminded me of him. You know, so, and I figured, I think when you, we, we raised you all, but we actually, I just want to say you, your relationship changes as you leave home. You never right. really know who your child is or the, the character of that child until they actually leave your home. And I think with my, my oldest, he's, he was able to reset coming back. And I'm grateful that he, we, we created an environment where when he actually got out to see, because would you say you actually experienced some things differently when you actually got out on your own and you went up under your dad? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So and yeah. probably you could understand some things that he was trying to tell you that you didn't really understand until you actually got out there. Oh, want to understand. Until uh, you got exactly. Out. Yeah. <laughs> So I think he and I was having a conversation and, you know, we were talking and I said, I just think you need a reset because you were able to sort of like test the waters. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things for me, like Clarence had been strong fathers, one of the things we probably can, it's like a two-way sword. We expose you all to a different type of life or a better life than we had, but we also got to give you opportunities to make the mistake at a certain level. You know, mm-hmm. I'm highly... Respect is non-negotiable. So I think if we, we've earned that, you can actually sit and listen if you're not listening. But I think when you actually got out and you actually tested the waters and you're like, it's a little deeper. It's a little different swimming in the ocean than swimming in a pool. Mm-hmm. You know, you have different currents and stuff like that. So we actually talked about that. And um, I, I was able to relate that to him from my experience, from with my, with my two boys. You know, mm-hmm. two different total pals. And, you know, and I thought that you all had a relationship where now you can actually see it. Because you probably thought, he's trying to control this. No, he's just trying to guide you. Mm-hmm. But we also got to give you that rope, right. you know, to actually experience certain things. I think that's one of the, the things that I don't really understand how some fathers, you forget your mindset at your age. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't always been the men that we are now at 20, 21. That comes from experience. But... You still got to give you some rope to actually so you can actually experience. So I think that's part of it, being a strong father, knowing uh, or even having a logic. Even like for me with mine going to school, when they went off to school, it wasn't just you was just picking a school. I went from what you told me you wanted to do or wanted to experience, and it's, it's actually us putting you in that position for you to succeed. Because as strong fathers, we really don't care what you do just as long as you're good at what you said you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's... That's my main goal. It's not like, okay, we want, we want you, I want you to be an engineer. No, if you're telling me you want to be an engineer, we're going to make a plan for you to be successful at being an engineer. You know, mm-hmm. you probably had experienced some kids that they good book smart. As fathers, we also got to teach you how to maneuver in the world. It's just not about books. Right. So that's, that's one of my biggest things, and we always talk about that. You know, I think that's really interesting, especially with you saying that y'all talk about that, because... That's a, um, kind of some of the things that you were saying, um, talking about how the relationship changes um, as, I guess, as I grow older or as sons grow older and that kind of thing. Just different things that you pointed out, things that I've heard from him, but aren't necessarily things that I typically hear often. So I think it's really interesting that, especially with the fact that y'all grew up um, within proximity of each other and y'all knew each other, 
and kind of having a similar take and perspective. I think that's very interesting because not not a perspective that I necessarily see a lot with my friends' fathers, things of that nature. I think that's um definitely interesting. So we grew up hood. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we the 15th Street boys. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting, too, the friendship that you all develop. That's a bonus. He's still your father first. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't try. I never tried to be friends with my kid. If we had a friendship, that was a bonus. Um, my, my, my role, I think, as a father was to help guide you to become the, better, the, better, the best man that you can actually become. Right. But that also comes with maturity with you for you actually accepting or listening. But I think you can understand better. Before, before you went off, you probably was just listening and, and just being respectful. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, when you actually went out, now you can actually understand. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that type of learner. I, I'm a visual person. Right. You know, so if you're just telling me if I'm just reading it, I may understand it, but I'll understand it better if I actually go out and experience it or you can see it or visualize it. So well, you get the um, the context of the content. Yes. Really. Yes. Yeah. You know, it takes me a couple times. Sometimes I, you know, and I've always told my kids this too. You know you. Learn yourself. Sometimes it takes me, I have to read material twice before I actually get a better understanding. But guess what? I'm going to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know. You might not be the best, but don't let anyone outwork you. And you don't worry about, you know, anything else that's coming in. Just know, you know you. You learn your shortcomings and how to deal with it and how to overcome it for you to get to that level where you're trying to be. And, and that's our job. Once you, I, like I said, our job is to teach you how to fish. It's right. not for me to feed, teach you how to, you know, feed yourself. So. I, think, um, I think that's a very interesting dynamic, honestly, because I think the... Um, I think almost that transition of relationship and how the relationship between father and son kind of grows and changes um, as we get older as sons. I think that's very interesting and almost like the crux of having a, a great uh, father-son relationship is understanding how that relationship will gradually change and adapting with that um, because it's not always about uh, attacking things in one specific way. Uh, because I know, like, how we talked about with with me and you as earlier in life, it starts off as, like, more of the disciplinarian. Right. Mm-hmm. And then now transition into this phase where it's more of the coat. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, a, um, that's, I think that's crucial, honestly, because you don't, I mean, as a young man, as I'm getting older, I need something different. Right. Um, as I'm getting to an age where I need to start, like self-discipline is becoming important. And so it's less on having the expectation of getting disciplined for someone else, but you need someone that will be able to be level-headed with you and give you the experience that they have because y'all were where I was at. Where boys. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Having the perspective of someone that's been there versus having someone that's just being the discipline if I get off path because it allows me to kind of find my own path if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, and it's, I, it's, I got a couple of thoughts that just flooded in my head, and I actually thought about even mm-hmm. even doing a podcast on, like, the anti-vicarious living, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's a big term, anti-vicarious living. Because you know how you, t- you talk about or you think about fathers who, particularly when their sons are in sports, 
They try to live vicariously through their kids, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And I think about that a lot because with you in music, um, I don't try to live vicariously through you in music, but music has always been a mainstay in my life and it's been something I love. Um, I wouldn't push you hard in music if music, like Troy said, wasn't your thing. And I understood music was your thing because I was a sportsman and I was a sportsman more than music. I just happen to love music. And so I can super support you in music, but I'm not trying to live vicariously through you when it comes to music. And so I think about that as a role of being your father and even keeping, we talked about this a little bit last week as well, making sure that you're um, well-grounded or well-versed or stay engaged in the path in which you are interested in. And, and now that you, now we've been through that whole disciplinarian, that whole making you stay the path and now just trying to coach you through making your career choices as it pertains to that. And we've been able to really see that take hold because you were able to come back home. Because it's interesting, because I can even think about your story going off to college. I mean, you had high hopes for your college career as far as music was concerned, as far as producing was concerned, as far as working in the studio was concerned. And I don't even think it it met your expectation um, for one reason or the other. And then when COVID hit, it just kind of all derailed it. Mm -hmm. But even... You know, you, you, I mean, you DJed a couple times at school, I guess, maybe more than a couple times, because, you know, closer to, to, to the time COVID hit, you started picking up and DJing. But I would even thought you would DJ more, but I didn't push you to DJ more. Mm-hmm. It was about allowing you to find your fit and allowing you to feel comfortable or to, you know, or to um, ease your way into doing that. Um, and even when you came home and you were talking about you were going to be, pro- what, club promotion? Oh, yeah. yeah you know, club promotion. Yeah, and it was like that. I was like it, it was like man that 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 hit me and I was like man I don't I don't know about that but I never told you not to do it. Mm-hmm. My question for you was like well how does that work toward the plan that you told me you have for your life because it's always been about that. And so the reason why I'm bringing that that anti-vicarious thing up as we talk about strong fathers is um to the listening audience for fathers and this is this is germanely for fathers but I mean it could be mothers too. I mean it's important not that we push our ambitions or our interest or our ego onto our kids based upon what we want them to do, but really steward them through the process of finding themselves. And so the real mark of being a strong father isn't shown by the iron hand that we have. The real mark of being a strong father is shown by the influence that we've had. And so for UT, one of the things that I'm even gracious for now Seeing and you being home again, I, I got to go 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 back to Troy. Yeah, you soften me up for this. Seeing your maturity once you were home, you know what I'm saying. And oftentimes, I lean on you to be my counselor, to be my coach, um, as much as I, I I look to coach you and to be your counselor. And so that I think is the mark of showing that um, I was a strong father. Not even saying I was a good father, but I was a strong father because I was able to allow you to grow to a point where you came into your own manhood and now you are producing fruits based upon who you are. So I had a question. Uh, <laughs> I thought of a question. <laughs> uh, so just talking about um, how you guys are kind of sharing your perspectives on fatherhood and um, strong fatherhood. And I was just kind of wondering where did each one of you kind of gain the perspective? Where did that model come from? For uh, me, and we may have different stories, different angles at this, but 
again, like I said, I'll try to go back. I tried to father in a sense of, i just give you a couple examples. Certain things my boys would tell their mom or get over on their mom, they couldn't get over on me. And it's just not because I'm a disciplinarian or something. I remember my mindset at that age. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more of just, because uh, for me in my life, I think I needed a man more for my manhood between the ages of 18 and 25. And that's where we were going back talking about you actually going out testing the waters. Because just think about it. You're in a structured environment when you're at home and you're in high school. Mm-hmm. When you graduate, it's, it's completely different. And that's like you said, where the self-discipline comes in. Right. So hopefully you've watched and listened to the stuff that we tried to, to coach. And I got to commend you on that. You're coachable, too. You know, it's yeah. so a lot of kids that are not coachable because you, they get so caught up in. Just think about it. When you're a man... For men, a lot of times, your body mature into manhood before your mind does. Mm. And that's where a lot of guys in particular get in trouble. You know, you, you may be physically strong, but you're not mentally strong. So for me, I always just go back and reflect back on when I think I needed a man. Because I, if you, per se, I think I was the man of my household growing up with a single mom, um, probably around about 14. Mm. Now, my mom still was... She's my mom. I mean, I'm bigger, but she can give me a look and I, I'm going to shut up. You know, that's, right. this new age is different from that. But, you know, from that perspective and um, for me, it was I think what steered me was not wanting to disappoint. And I think if you want to say if I'm a little bit more stricter in that area for as not trying to make bad choices, I haven't always done everything perfect, but I grew up in an environment where I could have went left. Mm-hmm. But because I didn't want to disappoint her. Right. I didn't go that way, you know. Okay. So, for me, that was a little different for me because growing up without a man in the house and wanting to make my mom proud, and actually just doing life differently. But again, mm-hmm. it, when I, once I became a father, I was able to, especially to sons, I was able to relate or go back to my mindset at their age. Mm-hmm. Even just talking about that a little bit, because you talked mm-hmm. about how crucial like that eighteen to twenty-five um, year old range is. That's even something that I found going off to school because a lot of times they talk about like there's this whole saying of you go to college and discover yourself or you go out into the world and kind of discover yourself which um i don't know if my i won't say my mindset or my take on that is different i feel like um a lot of people they go out and try everything and whereas i don't necessarily see discovering yourself as trying um everything all the time i mean it depends on the person but i think like growing up to the age of 18, there's a lot of that foundation is being built. Right. The structure is being built. And so what I found for myself going off to school is now I have this foundation and this path that was laid out for me. And now I get to really figure out my mentality and the way that I view the world and the way that I see that foundation and understand myself. That's what I get to, um, what I'm getting to really experience, understand and grow in with myself going from this foundation that was established for me and figuring out what's important to me, what my morals are, what, what do I stand on and what do I stand for? And so I think that's really that 18 to 25 reign is really that crucial time for figuring yes. that out. And so even just talking about now going into that level of getting your, your father becoming your coach in that, 
And I think that's really crucial because it's no longer, I'm no longer looking to someone to establish exactly that path for me, but having that coaching to help me develop that for myself is really crucial because that's something that you need in order to continue as a man and to make decisions as a man. And so I think that's really uh, important. So I think that's a great perspective. So I, I'm, I like what you're saying, and I'm going to begin with the end of mind. When you first asked me that question, I got scared, man, because I'm like, man, how do I answer this question? But I'm, I'm going to begin with the end in mind, and, and I think that that really does um, outline how I, what my, my view on parenting was. But I sent a quote to you uh, a couple of days ago, and mm-hmm. it, it marries perfectly to this. It says, when the roots are deep, there is no reason to fear the wind. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about that, particularly in the fact that now we're about to launch you back out again to go back on, you know, to go back to school. Right. And not only that, now you got your own, you know, you're getting your own place. And it's yeah. this whole adulting is really about to take shape. And so the thing that gives me solace is understanding that your roots are deep. You know what right. I'm saying? And because your roots are deep, there's not much I worry about. Now, one of the things when I'm talking to fathers, um, I try to warn them of is being the anti-parent or the anti-dad is what I used to call it. Because um, more often than not, we'll have a parent or father who has done something that we didn't like as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, We may have felt our father was too strict or we may have felt our father was too lenient or we may have felt our father was too absent or whatever it is. And the first thing that we have the tendency to do is we try to fill that void by doing the opposite of what our parent did. Right. And the, the, the problem that I find with that is, is if we're okay with who we are, we found a way to adapt to the environment in which we brought up in. Mm-hmm. And so to remove that from our environment would change who we are as a person. And so the, the, the better way to go about it for me was to think about what I wanted in the end. And I've always told you, and we talked about it on this podcast, I've always tried to raise you five to 10 years in the future. And so for me, it was clearly understanding the type of man I wanted you to become. It had nothing to do with what I wanted your occupation to be. It had nothing to do with what I wanted your, your um, marital status. To, well, I'll take that back. Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted your marital status. To be. But anyway, <laughs> that's another podcast. But, but it, it really had nothing to do with all of these surface-level things. But it was like, what kind of roots did I want you to have? What kind of, what kind of man did I really want you to grow into? And um, what, kind, what kind of legacy did I want to leave with you? Or what kind of influence I wanted you to have on life in general? And in understanding what that was, it was all about me finding ways to introduce things to you that would instill those values. Um, even when it comes, like I talk about um, music and sports, I mean, we introduced you to a whole host of um, holistic things, right? Um, we did that in an effort that we would find out which ones you naturally gravitated toward. I think that was important. And the reason why I think that is important because had we not introduced you to anything, it would have left up to you and your interpretation to find something. Mm-hmm. And what you found, you may not have had access to the thing that would prick your soul. You know what I'm saying? Like I think about you and DJing and how, you, how easy you took the DJing. Like, I don't know that you would have really sought out a DJ to look for a DJ to talk, you know, to try to mentor you. But when I, I knew music and how you were feeling about music, and I had access to a DJ to then try to put you in, in, in touch with so that you can see if that's something you want to try out. I even thinking about, I think about the, um, when you first started using the, um, it was a machine, I think it was. Right. It was like, I had access to somebody that I had met who is renowned for, for finger drumming. Shout out to Jay Black. Shout out to Jay Black. We, hey, I, he doing I, real I, good right now. Yeah, he doing real good right now, so we'll give him a plug. And stuff. <laughs> we'll give him a plug, so good shout out to Jay sir. Black. 
But yeah, Jay Black, I mean, you know, he, 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 he was like, yeah, bring your son over. And so had an opportunity to take you over and you sat down with Jay Black and Jay Black was able to pour into you. And from that, even from that, you know, you said, oh man, this is what I need. This is the tool I need to start perfecting what I want to become. And so we were blessed enough to A, have the foresight to introduce you to, you know, a plethora of things. Um, and and then be cognizant of those things that you gravitated toward, and then have you be in a position financially where you could at least partially pay for the tools that you needed to kind of hone those skills. And so, again, as a father, my my perspective had nothing to do with my father's parenting. I, I can't say it had nothing to do with my father's parenting, but it was not whether I wanted to do what my father did or not do what my father didn't do. Mm -hmm. It was all about what kind of son that I want to have at the end of the day, what kind of relationship did I want to have with my son and what kind of relationship I wanted my son to have with me and then trying to put mechanisms in place to make that happen. And so it wasn't about making you my friend, as Troy said. I don't think I ever tried to make you my friend. I was always friendly toward you. But I found out that, you know, even just through our relationship, and I mean, I think I checked you on a whole bunch of things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I always checked you in love. You know what I'm saying? And I always tried to show you the other side of that checking. And I think through that, we've grown a phenomenal relationship. I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know that our relationship could be any better than it is, which yeah. is amazing. So Definitely yeah. a lot of, uh, of growth because uh, we, we was in a rough patch a little bit. Oh, man, we was in a rough before patch. Before I was coming home. Yeah, yeah, we were. We were. And I'm, but, you know, and that's, that, was, that was a shout out to Troy. That's why Troy said, you know, having you to come back in the fold to kind of – because honestly, like – and I don't know, because because it wouldn't even, I don't even think it was a point of resentment. I don't know. You can you can you can answer me on that one if you resented what I was trying to tell you. But I kind of when you were in school, like if I saw you do something that gave me a real a real heartburn, I'd mention it to you. But for the most part, I tried to let you be you. But there were some things where I was like, you know, T, I just don't think you're looking at this right that I was adamant about. And so yeah, when you first came back home, man, we 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 went through a rough patch for a few, you know, for a few whatever. But I don't know what what. I don't know what clicked. I don't know what clicked in. And you'd have to answer that. I don't I can't even um, think of a time. Like, I can't really think back to a time or a moment with click. I just know even with when I first got back, there was conversations that we'd have to be had or you'd have to come in and check me on stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, like, slowly it just stopped happening as much to the point where we don't really have as many, like, I mean, little to no conversations about you. It's kind of going out the way to check me right now at this point. I know you called me the other day. Uh, I was up here, and you called me from downstairs. And I was like, oh, that tone. I haven't heard that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what I did. What, what's, what's going on? And uh, I came downstairs, and it was the email thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I was like, I don't even know what I did for, for that tone. But just um, now that you say that, that's kind of funny because – it really kind of happens slowly over time, and mm -hmm. there's not really anything that I could kind of pinpoint to that. Uh, but yes, yeah, well, I'll put you on the spot on that. Would okay. you say you actually start seeing what he was trying to coach you on, or understanding better? Because before, like you said, you probably could have looked at it. He's been a, you know, he's he's strict, you mm -hmm. know, and you really didn't understand. So maybe now you can actually see from the point of view that he's trying to coach you from. And you can say, well, I can look at that differently now. Where before, like he, he just mentioned, he said, I don't think you're seeing this this way. And you probably mm -hmm. didn't see it because that wasn't in your mentality at that point in time. Because, it's, again, like I said, between 18 and 25, you're still growing. You're still maturing mentally. Mm -hmm. So maybe 
you know, that because I, I speak on that with with my oldest a lot of stuff now. And he actually comes back and said, now I'm, I understand what you were trying to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see why you said that. I see why you did that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pivotal point of being a strong father where we 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 give you a little bit of rope, you know, so you can actually experience it. But at some point, how much do we pull back knowing how? And it's going to be different with each child, too. Right. You know, so that's the thing. But for me, I remember, I think Clarence and I had this conversation. I understood when my son got it. Because mm-hmm. as, as a father, especially a strong father, what you want to know, if something happens to you, your son can carry on or he can step in. You know, mm-hmm. Not necessarily replace you, but, okay, the family is going to be okay. Right. And I, I remember, I think it was my son's junior year in college when he got it. Or where, well, shall I say, when I saw the change. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think from the conversations we had, similar to you and Clarence, you know, the conversations we had, and it's like, he understands. Even if mm-hmm. I didn't do any, any, everything perfect, but I had a logic behind the reason. Mm-hmm. So, and like I said, it's going to be different for each person. Think about it that way. You ever think about Okay, I see what he was trying to say. Where before, I was like, I don't want to do that. Or he's just busting, or he's just so. Um, here's what I say. So I think, um, as I think we've said, I'm sure we said it before on the podcast. But everybody strays from the path, um, depending on the person they stray. Um, like the distance varies, mm-hmm. but the roots can always bring you back to the tree, basically. And I think what really happened in our situation was this element of pause. Um, And so everybody strays from the path and the roots will lead you back. And I just think that this, the whole quarantine and me coming back home, um, I think it sped up the process, expedited the process in a sense from, uh, so I went off to school, and so I was gone for like two years, never spending more than um, like two to three weeks at home. Uh, and so I was going out and I was gaining, or I was experiencing a lot of things, not gaining a lot of experience. Experiencing a lot of things. You know, I was experiencing a lot of things. And so what happened was with me coming back, you softening the blow for me to come back. Um, <laughs> When I came back, I was put in this place of pause that caused me or gave me the ability to be um, more so outside of the picture frame as well. Because this whole time, he's giving me his perspective from outside of the picture frame. And I just know that I'm in it. I know what I can see from the inside. But then when I got this moment to kind of sit back and let the experiences catch up and having time to think of uh, what I did that worked well for me, what I did that didn't work so well, uh, and having that time to, I'm no longer in that moment or in that space, so I can really look over what things were. Then, like, his perspective kind of starts to ring through, uh, ring true, and and all of that. And so it gave, uh, almost like I was able to mature quickly because I had the space to, to go over my experience. Instead of just continue to collect experiences, right, um, and find like something that knocked me hard enough that I had to learn, it uh, kind of stopped that process of just going through things and really gave me time to review what I had been through so far. 
Uh, and so I think that was really the biggest thing that kind of got us, I guess, on one accord because my mindset was shifting into looking at life in a different way. I wasn't just going out trying to find new experiences and find new things to do. I was also in the perspective of, all right, like what 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 was working? What yeah, wasn't. how did that work for me? Right, yeah. which is the, the, it, well, that's what he was giving me the whole time. This doesn't <laughs> seem like it's working. All I know is I'm I'm in the picture frame, mm-hmm. and so now being outside of that, now I can also have that perspective of what's working, what's not working. And so I think that's that really worked out great in that sense. Um, yeah, I was I was just thinking about something. Um, uh, Troy and I've been having conversations, and like. I'm just, I'm just gonna throw this topic out there and just see if you have anything to say about it. Like, I, it was like we dodged that bullet. <laughs> we just had a we dodged that yes. bullet conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, can you look back on it and say, and you don't have to tell us about any specific accounts, but can you look at, back on it and say, "Man, dang, I dodged that bullet." You no. know, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Cause I think when when you when, and and like you said, pause, pause <laughs> yeah. is good. Uh oh, sound like he just he just yeah. thought of something. I'm just thinking. Yeah, Paul's I mean, good. when you don't know, of course, I wasn't like, I wasn't wilding. I don't know about that. I I, I was wilding loads. <laughs> I look, man. Hold on, I gotta tell this story, right? Just uh, hold your thought. Hold your right. thought. Like we was we was out looking for apartments, and he didn't know where he was in the city, but the landmarks he had was at the parties he was at in that oh, part yeah. of the city. A man went to a party over in that house right there. So that was his landmark. That was his landmarks. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I I was um, I was experiencing some things, but um, I wasn't doing nothing too crazy. But I can't even remember where I was going with that. What did you ask me? Um, I I dodged that bullet. Oh yeah, I dodged the bullet. Yeah, there was definitely moments of I dodged that bullet just off of, um, uh, even just having new information now. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't even notice how like know how close you were to something else happening at the time. Yeah. But just from new information and new understanding that you have since then, you're like, dang, I didn't even realize yes. how close that was to going a completely different way and how blessed I was in that situation for it to not have gone that way. Uh God take care of babies and fools. Babies and fools. <laughs> babies so, and fools. Right. I can never say I've had some of those moments. Yeah, and it, and it, it's interesting, man. Um, just like you say, just knowing that um, if we'd have persisted in our own way without some kind of pause or without some kind of supernatural interruption, like things could have turned out totally different, mm-hmm. totally different. And the good thing is, and Troy and I talk about this as well, is our relationship was at a point where we could not have those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because had I been, um, you know, not 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 a strong father, but an abusive father, you know, mm-hmm. one that would beat you over the head and, you know, drag you in the mud. But it's or, just all about discipline even so far as yeah, this stage. I don't think we would have had a, had a relationship at a point where we could even talk this through or be a sounding board. Like even just the podcast itself has been, I think, a tremendous tool as a sounding board to like just talk through different situations or different scenarios. Because like you said, when you were in the picture frame, you don't really have the full perspective and the full view. Not to mention, um, like right now, again, that pause, man. I, I, man, COVID... Like, if people really took advantage of COVID, man, COVID was a blessing in disguise, man. Because, like, you could have gone through four years, five years, six years of college, right? And not had an opportunity to then sit back and reflect on what you right. did in college and then realize all the thing, all the mistakes that you were making that were delaying, you know, delaying your success or, delaying, you know, delaying your failure even. If that's, that's, that's really a, just a huge thing because 
That was whenever I think about the whole um the whole pause of quarantine and pandemic and all that. Like life really is moving fast at all times. I would have went through these four years right after that boom, graduated, looking for work. Oh, like life just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gave like of course it happens for everybody. Everybody finds their time to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not everybody. Well, not everybody. Yeah, but. but I I think like having this kind of gave a space for that to happen. Whereas usually you kind of have to find it as you're moving along. Right. Uh, and so that's why I think this was definitely, I mean, on any level of life, I think this pause um, could have been good. And it's, it's funny. And I, I think, and I, I'll attribute, like, I try to talk to you a lot about um, brainstorming or thinking through situations or whiteboarding and that kind of stuff. But we were talking earlier, also Troy and I, and we were talking about um, how people get caught up and they really, in order to get caught up, you have to keep yourself busy. Like we was talking about drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff. But people, because people keep so much noise around them, they don't have an opportunity to reflect. They do not have to have an opportunity to do a gap analysis. They do not have an opportunity to really grow. And so that that's the one thing that this pandemic um, and the quarantine, uh, uh, it gave a lot of people an opportunity to do. I'm not going to say it gave everybody an opportunity to do it, but it gave a lot of people an opportunity. And I just hope that, you know, people took the opportunity to grow from it because it seems like we're going to a fast restart. You know what I'm saying? And as a father, again, I'm glad that I, even though we had a few bumps and bruises, well, not bruises, just bumps, um, when you first came home, I'm glad that our relationship um, was at a point where it could persist through the, 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 that initial um, reentry, if you will. And then even as we talk through things, even um, things that I've been trying to tell you all along, as you saw how they played out, it just kind of persist. You know, it just it just kind of assisted in that whole strong father um, role that I was trying to play, I guess. And um, I I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is kudos Uh-oh. to y'all or whatever, Uh-oh. but. Well, I'll say, like, especially as I'm getting older, for lack of a better term. I'm not getting older, but like, you're an old man like, now, right? <laughs> as I'm aging, um, and I'm getting, like, reaching these different thresholds of adulthood uh, and becoming a man, you really see that, like, when I was young, like, 5, 6, 13, 14, any of that, it seems like such this big difference. Like, child under the under the roof of your parents all of that adult like it was just two completely different things and like really seeing that it's all like life is really just a process yep. Yep. like you age you mature every day you learn every day and it's not just this oh i'm 21 i know everything i need to know um i can like i know perfectly how to raise somebody like you you figuring out life yourself at the same time and so even that um, with a father-son relationship, you mature every day as well because, right, right. like, you're yeah. you're experiencing life for yourself and helping somebody else right. with that. Stay close, right? Yeah. You know, even us as fathers, you know, mm-hmm. even our friendship, you know, I'm appreciative that he was able because I have older sons. He was able to take because you know your dad was adamant. Oh, when he leave, he he, he gone. He ain't coming back. <laughs> Don't work like that, Clarence. You know, so 
But again, he you was. No, you ain't come he, on here to call right. me out, right? No, I didn't call you out. But, <laughs> but but I'm saying that even with us, while we, I think our friendship has evolved because we're coachable and we take advice from each other as mm-hmm. well too. And then too, as you go into manhood, if you're the big fish, you need to find another pun. Right. Right. So that's why I say stay coachable, and because we're still growing as well too. You know, mm-hmm. So um, just stay coachable. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, and that's even the age where they talk about iron sharpening iron, and I, I know. Um, I, I always talk to you about um, the people you're around and not from a perspective of these are heinous people or, you know, people who are, you know, are prone to trouble or that kind of thing, but just even their maturity level and their outlook on life and their ambition. I talk to you about being around those kind of people because you're right. I mean, it is life is a gradual process. And if you don't find somebody to help you continue to move through those levels, you get stagnant. And, 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 you know, and like I said, growing up, growing, let's see, what's it, um, growing old is mandatory. Growing up is option. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I used to always tell you, it's like, you're not going to just wake up one day and auto- automatically want to do this. Or wake up one day and automatically want to be mature. Or wake up one day and automatically, and I've always told you that. It's like, no, you have to make that a gradual process. You got to work on it every day. Because one day you're not just going to wake up and want to be um, responsible. I mean, even as a father, you know. Like, it's a responsibility to be responsible. It is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because honestly, some days you just want to be like, man, screw all of this. You know what I'm saying? Look, some let me. Some you're just tired. You're just tired. Like, I, I just want to take care of myself. I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for nobody else. I just want to be responsible for myself. But I know that I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I know that I have a larger responsibility, a larger role to play. And so I'm constantly striving to do that. And like Troy said, it's putting myself around people that will hold me accountable to that. Because guess what? I can find people my age or older that will also tell me, bro, just walk away. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so it, it all, it matters the, the type of people that you put together. All this is kind of leading me, because there's, um, I think, two things I wanted to touch on. I had another question as well. Okay. Preparing y'all, I'm going to ask another question. Um, because I've been coming up, though. You know. Yeah. Um, but talking about, well, before I even get to that, the idea of uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, the transition from disciplinarian to coach and this understanding that uh, in being a father, your role isn't the same at all time and that your role isn't always to be um, like it's not your job to control me at a certain point. Right. Or be that over my head disciplinarian at a certain point because I'll never go for myself. And like that, finding that sweet spot of like, I give discipline where discipline is needed. I give coaching where coaching is needed. And if you do too much, like sometimes it's not your job to do that. Right. Sometimes it's not your job to overreach in that department. Um, and so that, that was one thing that I thought was important that we kind of touched on. Like if when I came home, it would have been all discipline and stuff like that. We just would have been but like, yeah. Yep. We would be at each other's heads, at each other's necks. Not long, though. Yeah, not long. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and then it just would have led to a rift, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so even with that being said, I wanted to talk about, um, I guess, the concept of it takes a village. Right, yeah. okay. And so since uh, with that understanding that it's not all you, like sometimes I got to let that go. That's for him to figure out that's for him to experience and then even with you knowing that it's not um it's not always your job to be hands-on 
how do you find uh, or what do you look for in the people that you surround your son with? I know you talked about, like, say, with the DJ that you introduced me to or like Jay Black, things like that. There's been other I mean, those are just like small examples, mm-hmm. honestly. But like there's been other men in my life that you've introduced me to with you, Mr. Troy, being one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find um, those type of people and what are like the markers that you look for in somebody that you feel you can entrust with, I guess, giving that other perspective? Like, you know, that they can talk to your son and um, either like say the things that you can't say or play the role that you're not supposed to play at mm-hmm. that time. How do you find people that you can trust with that? Well, first of all, I, they got to have integrity. That's the first thing. Um, they don't have to have the same outlook as me on life. They don't have to have the same mindset. I mean, they can be a little thuggish, ruggish. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But they got to have integrity. And that's the first thing. Because even in somebody telling you things that I want you to know that I can't tell you, I need to make sure that they're honorable in doing it. You know? And so that would be the very first marker. And then look at people who are masters of that trait that I want them to give. If you think back to when we did your RLP 13 and we gave you those 13 character words, we look for 13 people that exemplified one of those character words, whatever that character word was. And then those were the people that we placed in your life. And I think that's the most important thing is, is finding people like Mr. Troy. He had two sons, you know what I'm saying? Um, and at some point you had a mixture of both of their personalities. And so he was somebody I could put you around because I saw how he raised his sons. Um, and, 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 and people that I knew that would respect me and respect the boundaries that I set. Because there are some people that felt like I was being too whatever on you. And so because they felt like I was being too whatever on you, even though they may seem like they would have been good, a good person to um, place in your life, they would have booked the part that I was trying to place, you know, the parameters that I was putting in place. And so that, that would be the markers that I would say, you know, they got to have that integrity. They got to understand my heart and what I want for you, but they still bring their perspective and their expertise to the table. I would, I would agree on that. And the examples that they lead by, you Mm -hmm. know, Clarence and I both again, because believe it or not, I've come to him for advice on my kids, even though they're older. But again, sometimes having a different male perspective. But again, I go from his integrity. You mm-hmm. know, what? how does he live his life? I mean, I'm one of those people. You can't tell me. I always tell this. I have a joke. You know, I'm not going to mention a name. Some Y'all might know him, so, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you can't give me advice on losing weight and you 50 pounds overweight. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? That goes from the, the example that you lead and like you said, from the integrity. So that's where that village come. I guess you learn that person and characteristics and that person traits. Because I got some friends. I don't want you giving my kids no advice. Yep. You know, we still friends, but I know your character and I know your integrity. And that's not the way I'm trying to lead them down that way. Mm-hmm. So that's how you pick the, for me, that's how I pick the village. Pretty mm-hmm. much answering that part of the question. Mm-hmm. That was the only other question I had. Oh no, I was just saying I had two points I wanted to hit. I oh. hit the first point. The first okay. point was the whole um it's not always your role to be hands-on. Okay. okay. And I understand that sweet spot. And that kind of led to how do you find people that okay. can might fill that role when it's not your job to be in that role? Okay. Yeah. So I mean my, my, my whole advice, I mean, to any any fathers out there, be a strong father, not an overbearing father, not an overreaching father. Our goal, our real goal is to leave disciplinarian behind. And, and, you know, T, I always told you, like, I, I don't want to discipline you. I want, you to, I want to teach you to discipline yourself. 
because that's going to be the that's the real mark of a man is a is somebody who's able to then discipline themselves. And so if you're out there listening, I mean, you want to move through just like you're saying that, that um, T, you transition through life as a father. You want to transition through fatherhood and you want to start out as, you know, the breadwinner, um, you know, the person that 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 makes sure that your child can eat and sleep in comfort. Then you want to be the disciplinarian. You want to be, you don't want to transition from disciplinarian to coach, you know, or yeah, well, yeah, coach, counselor, coach slash counselor, you know, and then make sure you really make sure that relationship stays strong. Mm-hmm. Roots the relationship. That's, that's, that's my thing. And I second. Yeah. He pretty much summed it up. <laughs> All right. That's it for me. All right. All right. Enjoy it. All right. Bum yeah, podcast. Bum podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. Allah. Allah.